0: We're so excited to chat with Gina DeVee. She is the founder of Divine Living, a global lifestyle brand to empower women. She is also an accomplished speaker, a transformational coach, a podcast host, and the author of our new favorite book, The Audacity to be Queen. She believes that within every woman lives a queen and that the world needs us to own our power and raise our standards and contribute our talents like never before. The audacity to be queen brings together over 20 years worth of experience in transforming women's lives through the deep spiritual and feminine wisdom to release all forms of self-doubt so you can discover the best version of you. Please welcome Gina. Gina, thank you so much for being here. We both just finished your book, The Audacity to be Queen. We
2: cannot wait to talk to you. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited and honored. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh.
1: I have to tell you, I'm fangirling a little bit. Totally fangirling. I like, read your book. We follow you on Instagram. I, we're, so, we're like so beyond excited to have you here.
0: So we first learned about you because we had this amazing coach on, Leela. Her episode is 406. And we asked her at the end, she does similar work to you, but in a different style. We asked her at the end, who are the people that most inspire you? And she said, Gina DeVee, and also read her book. So that's oh how we found you. Um, we've been so excited. So your work encompasses so many things, so much history, so much psychology, lots of mindset practices. It's, it's a, you do a wide range of things. So if we're speaking to someone who's never heard of you before, how do mm-hmm. you describe what you do in your own words? That is a great question. (laughs)
2: Um, you know, I'm really, really committed to women being their best selves and living their best lives. And I think that whatever angle they're more inclined towards, um, you know, some take more of the spiritual route, some take more of the entrepreneurial, um, some of us like to have it all. And we do both and lifestyle and travel and all the things. So I think that, ultimately, the spiritual connection is where everything stems from. So um, yeah, helping women be the best queens that they are meant to be. Well, you do an excellent
1: job at it. It's so amazing, the work that you're doing. In in writing your book and, and in studying everything that you've studied and learned, what were some of the specific parts of history? I know history plays a big part in mm-hmm. your your work mm-hmm. um, and psychology that you had to study in order to fulfill mm-hmm. this, this work. Yes, yes, yes.
2: So I do have a master's degree in clinical psychology. For anyone who doesn't know, I started out as a broke, struggling, in-debt psychotherapist that had a big dream to help other people with their lives. Um, I wrote my master's thesis on living life unlimitedly. So I've always had... a that viewpoint, I just didn't always know how to put it into practice. And so it was a combination of my like kind of obsession with human potential and a human's ability to transform any area of their life from the psychotherapy aspect to, um, I, I grew up in a Christian spiritual environment where I read the Bible a lot. So there's a lot of history that comes from that. And for anyone wondering about the audacity to be queen, it's not just a meme. It is actually based on the true and ancient story of Queen Esther of Persia. Uh, Jews note from Purim, Christians note from the Bible. For everyone else, it's like the most epic Cinderella story. And, um, you know, when I, I used to read the story literally, like it was just about someone else. And then when I started to read it, More symbolically and metaphysically, I realized Esther's story is the heroine's journey. It's the story within us all. And so, for anyone who doesn't know it, I'll share briefly. Um, Esther was a Jewish orphan girl that um, got exiled out of Israel, sent to Persia, where she was treated like a second class citizen. She was living with her only living relative named Mordecai. Um, During this time, the king was looking for a new queen took all the young maidens of the land and put them in the palace harem to prepare them with beauty treatments and special foods to be presented to the king Uh, when it came esther's turn to go she hid her true identity didn't tell him who she was he ends up picking a jewish orphan girl to be the queen of persia and right after that uh there's a law issued to kill all the jews in the land so Esther has to, for such a time as this, go and expose who she really is on behalf of her own life, on behalf of her people's life. So she does, and the king grants her wish, and she becomes the heroine of all time. The reason why this is so relevant anciently and has been in my life for 20 years or longer and is so, so relevant today, because we are all the unlikely candidates. We are all the ordinary woman. We are all, though for such a time as this, meant for something so much greater. And only from the position of queen can we really fulfill our calling. So we have to get out of insecurity, codependency, lack, self-doubt, and be the queen that we are for our own sake and for the sake of our people.
0: So something that really holds us back that you talk about in your book is ancestral trauma. Women have historically not been treated so great. We've been told to shut up. You give an example of, you know, in the older days, if your woman was in her tribe and got ostracized from her tribe, she might likely die. So mm-hmm. what are the ways that some of the history affects us today? Like sometimes it's not our trauma, but how does it affect us?
2: Oh, it, it, it and yet it is our trauma when we're afraid to speak up, be ourselves, um, shine our light, you know, fear of being too fabulous. You know, there's so much that's just entrenched in the culture and it's breaking up. It's breaking up a lot and it's breaking up beautifully, but it's not breaking up enough. Um, you know, we are very privileged section of society to be here on this podcast, talking about the things that we are, Um, you know, when so many people are like deeply struggling financially, working multiple jobs in unsafe environments at home, don't have access to food and shelter, let alone education and the other things. And so when we really get how women's oppression holds the entire culture back. You know, when, when feminine values are at the forefront, the children are taken care of, the community is taken care of, the education is in place, it's safe to exist. And so we have been sold a lot of lies that we need to stop buying. That we need someone else's permission, um, that it's not okay to make that much money, that something's going to take a long time to get off the ground or um, that we just want to do life the way we want to do it. And so it's a very exciting time to be a woman um, because we are standing on the shoulders of the women who came before us for sure. And we're continuing to break that up every single hour of every single day.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about about that? I think what it, what I'm remembering from the book, uh, the the section on conditioning, how mm-hmm. we as women have been conditioned to believe certain things that just aren't true. And mm-hmm. I think you were naming a few of those. But for those who haven't read the book yet, can you talk to us about what is conditioning and what are some of those examples that of things that we are told that just aren't aren't true?
2: And it, it can be anything. It can be like you. It's not okay for you to. Um, make more money than your parents. It's not okay, you can be conditioned to, it's not safe to be visible in the world. You can be conditioned that it's okay for someone else to live in their dream home, but not you. It's okay for someone else to fly private, but not you. Um, Hypothetically, (laughs) it's okay for um, someone else to get the degree, be on television, you know, get married, not get married, have kids, not have kids. You know, I think it just depends on so, so much what we grew up in and what we were programmed to be. What of that programming was actually our truth in an alignment? You know, most of the programming isn't all bad. But also really having great discernment about, well, I'll take this, but not that. And really living by our, consciously living by our own beliefs and our own values and giving ourselves permission unapologetically to be who we are.
0: It's something I love about your book is you were so honest about your own programming. You are not coming from a place of, I'm this enlightened person. I'm, you know, I know better than you. No, it was very much, I have been you. I have been in the place you are right now. I have not always felt financially free. I have not always had my dream job. You mentioned moments of, you know, your Sicilian, like seeing red, all of that. Like I very much relate to, or you can just get so mad. Like, So can you talk a little bit about the mindset from whence you came before you started doing this work, kind of where you started?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Um, Look at, I was, I, I grew up in an environment where I had a lot of privilege and a lot of great things. My parents were school teachers, so we weren't rich, we weren't poor. We lived in the suburbs of Detroit, went to church on Sundays and played piano and, you know, that whole thing. There are also dynamics that set me up for Being highly codependent. Um, You know, the church that I grew up in, as thankful as I am that I, from a very young age, had a very close relationship with God and knew about miracles and scripture and all of that, it also taught me not to think for myself. And so it was just kind of like, you just need to believe us and you just need to follow these rules and like, this is right and this is wrong according to them. And I, you know, I do write about this in the book that people either take on a set of compliance views, like you're just compliant to everything. And that was me, I was the good girl. I didn't drink, I didn't party. I like, you know, followed all the rules. And then other people will take a defiant route, which I always idolized. like, you know, like, however, once I really understood the psychology, neither person is free. Compliant people are codependent and so are defiant people. And it's not until we are in actual alliance with our truth that we are actually free. Um, You know, so if you're like off doing drugs because you're being rebellious of your, you know, Christian upbringing or whatever, whatever the thing is, that's not freedom. That's just rebellion. And so it was really um, codependency, I think, was one of my biggest ones. Like I was so afraid to be myself. I was so like I didn't uh, public approval is nice, like for healthy people. I needed it to survive. Like I couldn't function if I wasn't being liked or approved of or accepted. And, um, so, and that went with family that went with friends that went with guys that went with clients, team members. like it was pervasive in every single area. So unhooking that stuff, um, my lack of self-worth and brokenness around wealth consciousness. I mean, you know, as you teach what you want to learn. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. There was a there's a lot to work through there, girlfriend. <laughs> um and and you know, I'm glad it was my destiny. It was it was part of my path to be entrenched in psychology and spirituality and human potential and always loving the finer things in life and trying to figure out how to merge, you know, and it sounds ridiculous today, but you know, uh, grandma Gina's rocking chair stories, you know, back in circa 2004, like we weren't sure if it was okay to be spiritual and wealthy, you know, like it was this, like you were in two different camps then. So, um, it's my, my life has really been a reclaiming of lots of brokenness, lots of imperfections, um, lots of gifts, lots of blessings, and, and now bringing it into very conscious choice of who do I desire to be today? I think one of my biggest mistakes from the codependent era um, was what I called the unlived life. I regret so much more of what I didn't do than the stuff that I did that didn't work out or didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um, and so that's some a, a lot of what I share in the book to help other people uh, get to their truth quicker than I did. And that's
1: what I, that's something I really love in the book is you're you're reading it and you're telling us a story, and I'm going, "Oh, I know how this is going to play out. I know that this is going to work out." And then you're like, "Oh no, that something horrible happened!" And it, like, I was broke. I had a hundred bucks in my bank account, and and I'm like, "Well, how is she going to get out of this one? How is she going to get out of this? How's it going <laughs> to happen?" I mean, it, it almost reads like a like a thriller. This book sometimes because you're just like <laughs> taking on this roller coaster.
2: Emily in Paris needs <laughs> transformation. Myself, yes. that was the angle I took
1: from Netflix. So we'll see. Well, no, it's just it's so appealing and it's so refreshing to you know have someone speak so honestly and not be you know fluffy about it not being like but it's all fine you just have to manifest you just no it's like no we're going to talk about manifestation what that actually looks like put the work into it I just I love it Mm -hmm. I I also love I I really resonate with um sort of the different characters that you place in the book you know there's the martyr there is the princess Mm -hmm. there is and, and I was like oh my god yes I see myself in this and this and this And something that Alex and I both have talked about is the Little Miss Perfect Syndrome. And I I think that is so common for a lot of women, especially of our generation. And can you tell us a little bit about what the Little Miss Perfect Syndrome is and how perfectionism is keeping us small? Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. yes. I remember I was at an event in Paris one time and I walked out on stage and I was like, Little Miss Perfect needs to die. (laughs) And I was kidding around. I thought it was funny. And you should like, the audience was like, it like, it struck that much to the heart Aww. of the women of all ages and all cultures. And it's like this thing, this, that, that women hold on to thinking that this is their security, that if I'm just perfect enough, if I look perfect, if I make the, have the perfect job, the perfect family, the perfect body, the Make the perfect amount of money. Make the perfect post. Have the perfect following. Then, like, it's this thing, but it's it's fake. Number one, it holds us back. It doesn't even exist. And um, I love one of my mentors, Evan Pagan, always said perfectionism is for poor people. Like, it's just <laughs> if you're thinking that long about the post you're gonna make, or if you said the right thing at dinner last night. Like, you are not gonna be a success. And so. Um, I understand where it comes from that little girls, like actual little girls, when they're in an unsafe environment, physically, psychologically, emotionally, they tell themselves that if they're just good enough. Then dot, 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 then maybe mommy and daddy won't get divorced or maybe mommy's depression will go away or daddy's drinking won't be there or whatever, grandpa's this or that, like whatever the story is that she's made up. So in, you know, undeveloped little girl psychology, there's this fantasy that if I'm good enough, I'll be loved, I'll be safe. Everybody I love will be okay and we create these sacred contracts and they're usually before the age of seven or eight that like we've made this contract that when i'm perfect everyone's going to be okay and what happens is they're unconscious so then we just keep going through life with if i'm perfect everything's going to be okay and we put this undue pressure on ourselves and we we put this undue responsibility on ourselves and we like become these little adults That are taking on the weight of the world and taking on the responsibility of other people's happiness or joy or you know um, ability to stay on the planet. Sometimes you know there's a lot of mental health issues that go on for people that these little girls take on, and um, that's what I was looking to help us wake up to. Is that if we wrote that sacred contract, that we get to rewrite the contract now. That we don't have to be perfect to be safe, and we're not in charge of anybody's happiness or well being, um, and we get to drop that. Ugh.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know Tina and I, you know that we love therapy. We honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions. BetterHelp offers easy, affordable, and convenient access to therapy. First of all, you don't even have to do any of the research, which can be the hardest part, because they do that work for you. They will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try. And see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. We have a special offer just for our Obsessed listeners. For 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, go to betterhelp.com obsess obsessed. That's betterhelp.com
1: obsessed. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy to follow instructions and then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself and personally it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office, they send everything right to you and then you just pop it back into the mail and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30 off of your test. That's tryombre. dot slash obsessed for thirty dollars off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast. Something you say
0: that I find so freeing and just so full of hope is you say everything is healable. So we all have trauma. It could be you know mm-hmm. smaller, it all different, but you believe that everything is healable. Why, why do you think
2: that? I don't believe in magic pills and in, in flipping the switch. There's, no. there's a process to growth and healing for sure. And we know that if the arm is broken and if it is healed properly, it's actually stronger in the place where it was broken than, than another, the other arm that was never broken. And if that's the same physically, why would it not be the same emotionally and spiritually uh, and holistically? And I just, I also know it to be true in my own life, the areas that I've healed, that I've healed, that I've healed, healed, I like you can't hook me or trip me up. There's others that I'm still hooked or tripped up on. And then there's others that I'm less likely to be hooked or tripped up on, but I still, like I'm still in process with it. Um, but there's absolutely no, sp- I mean, like, I'm just gonna use the Bible cause I know it better, but the, the Quran or any other spiritual text, like, where does it say, like, you know, you can heal 75%. You know, you're you're gonna be sixty percent okay like we're gonna we're gonna kind of get you through this dark night of the soul like there's no it's like you know and the truth will set you free and it's like all things are possible with God well if all things are possible then why wouldn't all healing be possible it's like no like anything is possible
0: I really like what you said, and I think that's really gonna help people of the analogy of the arm of you know when we get an injury sometimes or sometimes if we're sick or whatever we can come back stronger. So let's apply that to our mental health and our spiritual health as well. I I love that analogy for people, especially when it comes to therapy and everything of like, well, we go to the gym to make our bodies stronger. So why wouldn't we also take care of our brains and our hearts and
2: our minds? Mm -hmm. And look at the areas that I was more broken in are the areas that I'm stronger in. You, You can't sway me, right? the areas that I haven't been broken in, I don't know it as well. Right. You know, like I've been broken financially. My friends who are trust fund babies, good luck. Oh my God. (laughs) Like I'd rather be me any day of the week and twice on Sunday because I, I lost all my money today. At least I know how to remake it. Like, you know, like that's not their superpower, but it sure is mine. You know, um, god that makes so much mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. that's I mean, so true as a therapist i understand and can help significantly people with addiction issues but if i was looking to get off of crack would i want to go to someone who's studied it and worked with people who have gotten sober or someone who had a needle hanging out of their arm like Mm -hmm. Let's just be real about it. Right. Like you, like that person that's sober, that's just, they're stronger than me in that area. Like, yeah, that, I mean,
1: that just makes so much sense. And I I think about like my mom, for example, who is so cool and she knows everything and she always has the best advice. It's because she's been to hell and back and has experienced every single solitary thing along the way. So she always has The best advice because she's done it all herself both of our moms oh my god yeah and i'm like oh my god that's why she knows so much because she's she's seen it all and done and i'm I'm so with you in the fact that i i would much rather be struggling where i'm at and learning these things and learn how to do these things Mm -hmm. for myself rather than not have the the knowledge to do that my mind just Mm -hmm. exploded Mm -hmm. um so we're certain in everything is healable we're certain in the universe has a plan, we're certain all these things. Okay, but you still have to be proactive and active in your pursuit of your life, right? And there's a, there's a thing of like, you talk about hope addiction, speaking of addictions, hope addiction and getting stuck mm-hmm. in that. So can you talk about the difference between hope addiction and being certain in the universe?
2: Yeah, give me a subject to apply it to so people can grasp it and then I'll do it. So,
0: okay. So we're both in the entertainment industry. So we talk about this a lot. It's not survival of the most talented. It's not survival of the smart. It's, (laughs) it's really walking into that room and being like, this is my job Mm -hmm. and giving and giving off that energy. So it's people who are certain of their success. It's people are like, yeah, this, I'm going to book this crazy thing. I don't know when, But like, I'm going to book it. It's that certainty. It's not necessarily, you know, this, the, how high you're singing or the, maybe the, it it sometimes is this energy of like, I am going to succeed. I can't control how, but I know it's going to happen.
2: Hope addiction is a version of doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. You know, it's staying in the same dating relationship or it's staying in um, the same, job at the same frequency and thinking that there's going to be a breakthrough. I'll sh- so I'll, I'll I'll share this vulnerably and transparently. So I've been a successful business coach for the past 15 years. And I thought I'd be like Bob Proctor doing this until I'm like 248 years old like like I like never thought I'd do anything else. If you know who Bob Proctor is that is actually funny. But um Anyways, never thought about doing anything else. I was always so lit up about empowering women through financial success. So 2020 hits and all like my seminars and my stuff around the world. I mean, I hosted like high-end masterminds and dinners in front of the pyramids and masterminds on yachts and Mykonos and like private homes of Michelin-starred restaurant chefs cooked for my clients. Like, like I like, did lifestyle and travel well. So then we can't travel. So I'm like, all right, so we'll switch to digital, which was actually also great for me because all of my hotel and yacht and pyramid bills went down the drain and the profits went up because everything was digital. So I'm like, well, this is great. And then in 2021, I was doing my January new you launch and it was like, I wasn't into it. I was working harder than ever. The numbers were lower than ever. I was getting irritated with, God bless them, clients asking their business coach questions about who their ideal client should be. There is nothing, you should be able to ask your business coach that without irritation. And I was like, ah, like, like, it was like such a dumbass question. Like I wasn't into it, right? So I'm like, in this ego war with myself, right? Like looking at my friend's launches, watching them, like their numbers are going up, everything they touch turns to gold and mine are like going down, down. So I'm getting like angry and resentful at people not signing up for the business coaching class that I didn't want to teach. Okay. And then wondering why it's not a love fast and why it, like everything isn't. So hope addiction and, and a combination of the conditioning of fake it till you make it, take the bull by the horns, feel the fear and do an A, like, just keep going. You know, entrepreneurship is only for the strong work. 20 hours a day, hustle, grind, blah, blah, blah. So I cried every day of January, 2021. I sobbed every day of of February, uh, 2021. And my poor husband, and I was just like, I felt irrelevant, nothing I was doing, working, but I was in hope addictions. It's like, well, the spring launch, like the next, like just keep do, like keep pushing forward. And my dad went unexpectedly into the hospital in March of 2021. And this is so cliche, but it, it's, it happens to be true. Here, my like elementary school teacher of 33 years, Bob, you know, like is the guy who took me to piano lessons and taught me how to ride a bike and took me sledding is like in this hospital bed. I wasn't sure if he was going to come out alive. Like my life flashed before my eyes, his life flashed before my eyes and nothing else mattered. It, it, and I just, I surrendered. I just, I was like, fine, God, like, and surrender doesn't mean to give up. It means to give over. And I just, I'm like, I was holding on so tight to my career and the way I made money and my identity and all the known stuff. And I said, use me, like, whatever you got planned, like, I thought my ideas were the best ideas, but whatever you have planned, show me. And for the past year, yeah, year now, year and some months, I've been on this, like, Journey of the the surrender. I don't know how it's like so it like it actually there's like been space. I haven't been hustling. The only thing I've crushed is a tomato. (laughs) Like I like got into cooking (laughs) and and I like my husband and I would go on like motorcycle trips and road trips and I went on girlfriend trips and I just like all the stuff that didn't make sense. Like Gina, you kind of have no career right now. You should be figuring out your life. Like, don't mind me. I'm in Charleston eating oysters. You know, like, it's like, Gina, you should be, um, I don't know, making money. Catch you later, I'm in the Hamptons. (laughs) Like, Like, I was just like, like just in flow. Like I was just saying, I wasn't like on a binge fest. I was just like, I was just doing what felt good. I did a, collab, a couple collaborations with a girlfriend, like that felt good. And we did a few small events. And um, I just let things continue to become. And, and I would say this year, I, I, still, I, I went on a cruise in, in January. I think I went to Mexico for February. And it was two weeks ago when I went to, I I had a meltdown because that usually happens before a breakthrough, right? I was just like, I'm tired not knowing what I'm doing with my life. Like there is nothing worse for me than not feeling divinely guided. Like I get in a very bad mood when like the amount of money I want coming in doesn't come in. But the only thing worse than that is like not feeling spiritually connected. And I was like, I was just crying and I was like, I know better than this. I know that the divine guidance is here. And like, everyone was like, you should do this launch and you should do that launch. And I told my husband, I was going to go to upstate New York. I've never been to Rhinebeck before. I booked myself this little Airbnb um, and I booked that for a week. And a girlfriend was having a birthday in the city. And I said, I'm taking myself on a solo trip. And I was so, I, I, had my team sent like poster board and markers and like post-its. Like I was going to like that Airbnb was going to figure my effing life out. Like enough of the not knowing. And from the minute I landed, everything was in flow. Like all this stuff started to come together. Like I wasn't even trying to figure my life out until I got to Rhinebeck and I'm driving up and like the downloads are coming in. And so all I have to say is I'm not a fan of hustle and massive action. I am a fan of being divinely inspired so that you take inspired action. And when you come from this place of really letting spirit lead, like that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that you're not like well, I got to do something with my life. So why don't I send out this resume or why don't I like make that phone call? Like I have been relentless in letting it come to me. Cause I have been like, really God, How are you? Because I am not moving until I know it's you because all this stuff I tried to do on my own didn't work. And I was like, but I'm just not going to do anything. And that was the best thing that worked. I mean, literally like a girlfriend was supposed to call me. we were supposed to have plans. I was like, Nope as I'm driving into Hudson to get my little specialty groceries, there she goes. calls. We like meet up for lunch that day. I wasn't wearing something cute. I wanted to look cute for lunch. I looked up, there's a store called Manifest it had a cute little dress in the window. Like went and bought it, didn't have mascara. Across the street was like a mascara thing. Like everything has started to come into flow including this next chapter of my life of like what I'm actually meant to do. So all this to say, I want women everywhere of all ages to know, you don't have to figure it out on your own, that there is a level of spiritual guidance. If you need training on hearing that level of queen voice within or intuition within, then get it. But it is there and is way more miraculous than the crime.
0: I'm really glad you cleared up the action and the inspired action, because I think that this is a really common area that people get tripped up with. With, okay, so the universe is taking care of it, So I'm just going to chill. And like, yes, like what, do what you do. Fill yourself up, fill up your own cup, like, but also it doesn't mean do absolutely nothing. It means like, don't do the busy work, do the inspired action. I do feel like that's some kind of can be a muddy area sometimes. Um, Yes.
2: It's, it's highly intentional. So there, there's a high level of activation. You know, I told you I had poster boards sent and and markers and the whole thing. Like I was meditating, journaling. Pray. I mean, I, I did everything but a rain dance to call in like what the, I was supposed to do with my life. You know, like, so there is a very fierce, active element. It's not numbing out. It's not checking out. It's really connecting with the divine. I
1: also really love that you're speaking about you, you don't, you haven't found it yet. Like you're not done. You're not done figuring out what you're meant to be.
2: Oh, I have now. After two weeks. Oh, of you life, have? Heard, oh, yeah. So now you
1: know. But I feel like you've had this. Ex- yeah. You've had. Th- it's fresh. It is fresh. Because <laughs> haven't you had this revelation a few times where you realize what you kind of need to do? Or you, what, what you're meant to do? Or is now, now you really know?
2: Oh, no, um, I, no absolutely. I've had the revelation many times for the next chapter. Yes. The mistake that I made is I'm I've made the next chapter mean the rest of my life.
1: That, that, that is yes. That and that's what I'm loving, how you're speaking about it, how you can grow and then there can be a chapter closed and you, can, you don't have to decide the rest of your life today.
2: It's called graduating, girlfriends. Yes. Like like sometimes you're just done and you outgrow something. It's time to graduate, and move on. Yes.
0: Another thing I would love for you to clear up with this work is say you want something so bad, a job, an amount of money, a baby, a relationship, whatever. How do you have that intention, trust it's going to happen, but also not strangle the shit out of it so that you're like actually pushing
2: it away? Hold the intention,
0: want it, but also let it go. What is your approach
2: to that? Beautiful question. Um, You have to become unavailable. For it to not occur meaning you have to move past wanting or wishing or hoping that it'll happen and creating such a level of must that it must happen and you don't get to pick when and you don't get to pick how and if there's a who involved you don't get to pick who and when I can feel the difference. I did it with my soulmate. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are dating. Like I was like, I'm ready for my soulmate. I'm ready for this. I was in that wanting energy, even though I thought it was a must. I remember where I was standing and what I was wearing when I said to the universe, I will never go on another date again. I'm only available for my soulmate. And 10 days later, I was on a date with Glenn. What? Yep. True
1: story. Oh my! Okay, because everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I am on my own dating journey, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm this close to doing my own personal rain dance for my soulmate. Like, <laughs> like we are ready for seances and whatever. It, I, I am ready, and I'm like reading this book, going, okay, how do I just become available for this
2: sort of queendom? I'll say it. Yes, yes, yes. So you need to become. If this is true for you, because I will say, thank God, um, when I thought I was ready, if you can only attract your vibrational match, thank thank God I wasn't sent my vibrational match when I thought I was ready. When I became ready, Glenn appeared in my life.
0: I mean, wow. honestly, as a person on the other side of this, this is all true. I, my husband and I talk about it all the time. I'm like, if I met you at 25. Thank God I didn't. I was not ready for like the kind, fully formed person until I met you. And also the thing I always tell Tina is like, I literally, my intro to this work was, was Gabby Bernstein and I started like meditating. And I literally wrote down a list of everything that I wanted in a person. And I was like, I'm not, no one, not, this, is, this is it. And yeah, he, then my husband popped up. So mm-hmm. it's wild. But again, the not until you're ready is, is so real. Like if I met my husband when I was younger, it would have been a nightmare. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and all of the different pieces, like um, I moved to California in 2004 to write my book. Because I was ready to write my book. My book came out March 3rd, 2020, people. <laughs> 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 you know, there's that, Um, you know, I think there's the, the thing that I thought I, I thought I was so ready for like this scaled number of business coaching clients when the finally, so I'll tell you one of the things I got in Ryan Beck when the curtain got pulled away so I could get to my truth for this chapter of my life is I was like, oh my gosh, I'm meant to teach this queen thing. Last to know, (laughs) last to know. Like it it, it didn't dawn on me on going front burner with it. Like I'm a business coach, right? Like that's how I make my money. The book is cool and it has my concepts. I talk about in seminars. And like like the last podcast I was on, she was like, you know that you found your calling, right? I'm like, well, as of two weeks ago, Yeah. (laughs) Right, last to know. Oh my god! Like I was like, you mean I can just talk about queen shit all the time? And like, this is what people want from me? And they're like, yeah. People are like, yeah, actually, like, like yeah. People are
1: clamoring for Yes, it.
2: like us.
1: I have to take a break and talk about how much I love Plant People. Plant People makes doctor formulated CBD and mushroom tinctures, gummies, serums, and lotion that will help you optimize your health. Personally, I'm obsessed with the Sleep Drops and the Soothe Restorative Body Balm. The Sleep Drops are a healthier alternative to melatonin to help you relax and fall asleep without feeling drowsy the next day. And the Soothe Balm is my go-to for sore, tired muscles and my secret weapon for dealing with cramps. So for 15% off your first Plant People order, use code OBSESSED at checkout or tap the Plant People link in the show notes for this episode. So as you
0: probably know, two of my biggest passions are clean beauty and supporting female founded brands, which is why when it comes to makeup and skincare, Beauty Counter has been one of my favorite go-to brands for years. Their makeup looks incredible and their skincare really and truly works. Plus, they use non-toxic ingredients and are environmental working group certified. The two beauty products I absolutely can't live without are their vitamin C serum and the Dew Skin Tinted Moisturizer. I use both of these products every single day and I never travel without them. We don't have to be putting toxic chemicals all over our skin anymore because there is a better option. So... If you'd like to shop some clean beauty with Obsessed with the Best, go to beautycounter.com obsessed and then enter code cleanforall20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's beautycounter.com obsessed and code cleanforall20 at checkout. Or just scroll down to the show notes for this episode for more details. Something else that I, that we are obsessed with is how you speak about money in this book and you take the shame out. And then also I learned, so I was in this really weird, rough spot in my life. I found Jen Sincero. I found Gabby Bernstein. They both got me out of it. And Jen Sincero's book, You're a Badass at Making Money, totally started changing how I thought about money. Tina and I went to musical theater school. Our early 20s were very much romanticizing the starving artist thing. And and it really rocked my world of like, if I'm not thriving, how is that helping anybody? So can you talk about your views, how you talk to women about money and how you take the shame, like no shame and, and wanting to make money and having money?
2: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm it's called being honest. (laughs) I mean, I could really sum it up like that. You know, I was like, I remember when Jen was over at my house and, um, she was who you
0: coach. I don't know if I said that, but that's what I meant to say. Did I say that you coached uh, this author? It's so
2: amazing. Yeah. She was like, I don't really care about first class tickets like you do. And I was like, really? And she's like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter to me." <clears throat> this is before she wrote the badass books, I'll say. And, um, and I was like, "Okay." And so when the flight attendant comes back to twenty nine D and is like, "Hey, you got a free first class upgrade?" No thanks," said no one ever. Mm-hmm. Like, right? right? You know, money doesn't buy happiness. It's all it buys, people. <laughs> Like it doesn't buy all happiness, but the only thing money can do is buy happiness. Like, what do you what do you mean it doesn't buy it? It's all it does. Like let's just be like just be honest with yourself. Like now, everyone gets has different value systems, right? Like some people's value system, if they had a bunch of money, they would Um, bank it and spend more time with their kids. And that's their idea of bliss. And other people would go buy 17 homes and someone else, I don't know, would build a rocket ship or do whatever people do. Like, it's not my place to judge, but the fact that money is energy and we all need this kind of energy for our own personal expression. And also we need different amounts of it too. You know, she who makes the most money to me does not win. You know, it's about freedom and for all of us to have the amount of money that would have us living our most authentic lives um I, i'll share something else even like recently so i'm i'm looking at I'm like, oh, should i gosh i should should go spend like july in new york and i'll look at sublets and so it'll even i'm like you know I should just be reasonable it's just a month it's like doesn't matter right and so i'm looking at a particular price range and i was like oh, Florida never looked so good. <laughs> and it's like, like streety. I'm like going through it And I was like, and finally I got it. I was like, because I was at about half the price point of what was actually natural to me. So it's like this, this that conditioning of you shouldn't spend that much. It's just a summer sublet. It's not a big deal. You're going to go out all the time. You're never going to be there. You're wasting the money. Like, no, I will have a bathtub and a shower and a certain amount of square footage. And there's now it's back to what's too small and what's too big and what's just right. So everyone needs to decide that for themselves. And you talk about too, you know,
1: what you can be the one of the splurge, the splurger, um, or, you know, and you can be responsible, but you don't have to be the perfect little miss perfect. You don't have to be, you can still live your life. And I just love how you, Talk about money in that way, because for anyone that's listened before, like I'm on a financial journey, Alex is on a financial journey, and money just holds so much power over all of us. And I recently had this realization of like, oh yeah, I have a slow month this month financially. What a beautiful opportunity for me to take time for myself in other areas that I want to work on in my life, and I have enough money saved from hustling. Um, you know that I'm like, so, okay, let's take a step back and let's set some boundaries. Um, but Again, there's a lot of shame in that. I feel like there's a lot of shame in like, and like, oh, just like not like taking time for myself or or not hustle. Oh, money! Not you need to come
2: hang out with the I know. You are like
1: a badge. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's what that's why this book is like. It's like blowing my mind to pieces. But in the the money shaming, you say money shaming is the new witch burning.
2: Can you tell our listeners what that means? mm mm-hmm. So you know whatever like I have my life together Sally with her spreadsheets and like saving her whatever money for a down payment for a house and like um oh you're going off to San tropez again well you know like you know you're probably going to get COVID four times and flights are really expensive right now and (laughs) it's not like you know a good use of money it was like clearly you haven't been to Tropez, or You haven't been there with me because all of that would be worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think that so many people, women in particular, what it really comes down to is a lack of self-permission. And when we see another woman giving herself permission, even when she's doing it, perhaps imperfectly, you know, maybe she's taking a fashion risk. Maybe she's taking a financial risk. Maybe she's not getting it quite right, but she's given herself permission to go there somewhere. Right. And we're so quick to arch the eyebrow and we're so quick to be like, can you believe, you know, and if, if we would have more compassion for the risk takers, you know, and, the the sharp and flat notes that get played along the way of developing mastery, like there, I mean, I don't even think at this point that stories around sex are more shameful than the stories around money. Like I think there's been like such a liberation there, but like financial, it's still taboo. Like you know, like she ordered the caviar on her lobster? Like, what is she, like, who does she think she is? You know, it's like, it's a woman who likes caviar. Like, <laughs> like it's, um, you know, it, it just goes back to what would we do if we weren't letting ourselves be limited by a lack of money? You know, what would we order? Where would we live? How would we spend our time? Uh, where would we get our hair done? You know, it's it. Um, when I get in that place, if I like really know that I might be tempted to be making a decision um, based around money, and I don't want it to be financially based, I'll say, "And what would my choice be if there was a hundred million dollars in the bank?" It's like getting. It used to be ten million, but then it kind of grew. In the of it, so I had like, "What would I don't want to do if a hundred million dollars in the bank?" what would I do? Who would I be? What decision would I make? What would actually be important to me? What's my value system? Where do I want to spend more on? Where do I want to spend less? On?
1: Oh, you just create it's such a bigger container for yourself. Exactly. It's a,
0: such a good exercise. And also in that vein, you talk about how important it is to prioritize pleasure and how only in doing that can we really unblock and just like really open ourselves up to receive. So can you talk about why that's so important and like real pleasure. And you, I love how you make the distinctions of like something that's fun, not binge drinking all night. So you feel like shit the next day. Like there's a lot, I love how you make the distinctions. It's important.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could hear you all as I was typing it. I was like, nothing mean day drinking three days in a row, people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's real, real pleasure. So. We know enough to know that every thought has a vibration, every feeling has a vibration, every element has a vibration. And so when we're stressed, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're resentful, when we're bored, these are lower level vibrations. When you're in true joy, bliss, pleasure, hanging out with your best friend at Soho house for brunch, I don't know, whatever your thing is going for a jog in Central Park, like whatever like people do what it has them just feeling like so alive in the bubble bath, whatever, you're at a really high vibration. So then you're either going to attract thoughts, ideas, synchronicities at a high vibration, or you're going to attract low vibrational thoughts people ideas etc and so this is why i teach so much of my queen work get out from behind the computer like my my work is so counterintuitive because it's the ways of the feminine right the feminine is circular the masculine is logical and linear and so it's like when i was in rhinebeck like making pasta every night of the week like I was in such bliss. Of course, all these like mega amazing ideas were going to come in. And when I'm behind my computer, like, what am I going to write on the sales page? And what should the subject line be? And like, I don't want it, you know, whatever. I'm Dreaming, yeah. Attract more of like a not exciting life. And so that's why we've got to take radical responsibility. We are not victims. And if you're feeling blah, if you're feeling bored, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, Handle yourself, meaning be there for yourself. Listen to yourself. If you listen to yourself, you're going to hear like, I'm bored. I'm sad. I am getting the life sucked out of me with this task. And if you're really there for yourself, create a different reality around it.
1: We could talk to you seriously all damn day about, I want to go through like every chapter and just like, just praise like thank you yes can relate like just uh, 10 out of 10 and i like it was one of those things when i closed the book i was like oh my god i'm so sad but i'm not that sad because there's there are other things you have the the companion uh workbook that goes with with the book yes. um and <laughs> the Q club q club queen queen club um and mm-hmm. you have an app can you tell us about all three of
2: those things What yes. are they and i even got one <gasps> more for you that well, Literally isn't even revealed. I don't know when this is coming out, but it gets launched oh my God. tomorrow. So, so timely. Um, okay. So yes, for everyone that wants the book, you go to divineliving.com forward slash book. You can get audio, Kindle, hardcover, whatever. Um, the free companion course to the book, divineliving.com forward slash audacity. You don't have to buy the book to get that, but I do recommend that you do. Don't be cheap with yourselves, but that's for free. Trust for me, the
1: book is worth every single penny and then some. Seriously.
2: Um, if you are wanting like, um, Gina to be on demand, that is actually what my app in the Q club is. So I have this really gorgeous app. You can go to divineliving.com forward slash app and, um, that you get a two week free trial. So you can totally try it out for free. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Gina downloads in there. And I do a live call every month and starting next month, I am actually for the first time ever going through the book with a fine tooth comb and doing the lessons from the book that I couldn't do in a book format in a live format. So you'll get all of that. The Q club is normally 35 bucks a month, but you'll, you'll get that in the Q club. And lastly, I am coming out with a brand new um, opportunity it's called own your throne. And it is a 10 week, uh, series to becoming the queen of your life, um, in a very in-depth way, going through the entire Esther story and the whole heroine's journey. And so, um, if you get on my list at divinelivingcom forward slash audacity, you'll be on the list and you'll hear all about that. And then there's the divine living podcast. Oh.
1: We're going to link all of this in episode notes. Which I love, by the way. Yeah,
0: and I love your podcast so much. Whenever I need a little boost, like, whenever I'm not feeling, I just pick an episode, put it on for whatever I need. I love it so much. Um, Okay, before we let you go for real, we have a few fun questions that we ask everyone. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. First, we know you love a vacation. So if you have to pick one favorite vacation spot where is it? Uh, can you give me like a month of the <laughs> know, year at least? Pick two, pick two if you want. Pick two if you want.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, for sure, for sure, for sure. You have to go to Piemonte during white truffle season. So that's the North of Italy. It's between Milan and Monaco. I go every October for the month white truffle oh. season. So that's a non-negotiable in my life at this point. I do love a St. Mark's situation mm. as well. So Love that. Feature
1: Um, Who are two designers that are in your closet right now?
2: Um, well, I'll do one that I'm wearing. She's actually New York City based. And I have this like in every color. So does Dakota Johnson. Um, skin Worldwide.
0: What is your current fave nighttime moisturizer situation?
2: Honey, you're just like feeding candy to a baby right <laughs> now. So glad you asked. Oh my God. you have it right here with you? <laughs> Well, I did just become the new brand ambassador for Cellatois, and this is legit so incredibly amazing. Um, It's a four-part system. Real quick, the cleanser smells like seaweed in the best way. It's like kelp ocean amazing. This serum and this like stuff is so good. Like, you won't stop touching your face, legit. And then there's a little eye wand and then the face cream.
1: So who's a woman that you're following on Instagram or... To listen to their podcast
2: or someone that's inspiring you. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do Iman. So, Iman is my new friend. Do you guys know Iman? She just no. came out with a book called The Glass Ledge. She's a former Miss New York. She's so beautiful. My friend Ashley Stahl, who is also so super inspiring, um, introduced me to her. And that's whose birthday party I was at. And Iman was there. So, you definitely should have Iman on your podcast. She's gorgeous inside and out. Like I said, former Miss New York scientist just is cool. She sounds awesome. She is. She's a queen. She's she's actually a queen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Gina, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. We are so grateful. We're so grateful to be connected with you. We've been so excited. Everyone, I can't even tell you how this book, I feel like I've underlined sections. I'm just going to keep coming back to it. And Like I said, I always keep coming back to the podcast. So we're going to link all for info. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Oh my gosh. It was such a blast. I'll happily come back anytime. Thank you so much for having me and uh, to be continued for sure. For the next chapter. Yes.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Gina. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to
0: us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok.